It's my prayer that you're well and that uh, you're here expecting of what the Lord has for us this morning. I've seen some posts on, the, on our platforms. It's Father's Day today. I want you to tell a father next to you, if he's a father, Happy Father's Day. Father's Day has to be prominent, just as the Le- Mother's Day is prominent. Yes, because fathers are also important in our society today. So this morning, I'm here to standing in, in the shoes of our spiritual father, uh, who's uh, still out and will be coming back soon. So I'm just here with delegated authority. Uh, so this morning, I want to give uh, honor to them for allowing me to standing in in their shoes. And I pray that the Lord will use me accordingly. So this morning, I have a subject I've entitled, Who Can Deal With Our Deep-Rooted Problems? Who Can Deal With Our Deep-Rooted Problems? When you see the word deep-rooted, it looks at seated, uh, things that you cannot see from, uh, that are situated below the surface. That these are issues that you cannot see unless you have the eyes of God. That we can see those issues surrounding our society today. So this morning I begin to read from the scripture that on your bulletin. Um, I begin to read from Genesis chapter 2 verse 8 to 16. And a few lines are on your bulletin. Uh, From verse 8 the Bible says, The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made every tree to grow that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, verse 10, now a river went out of Eden to water the garden, and from there it parted and became four riverheads. The name of the first is Pishon. It is the one which skates the whole land of Avila, where there is God. And the God of that land is good. Bedilium and the Horic stone are there. The name of the second river is Gihon. It is the one which goes around the whole land of Cush. The name of the third river is Idikel. It is the one which goes toward the eastward of Assyria. And then the fourth one is the Euphrates. Verse 15, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. John 4, 7 to 10. John 4, 7 to 10. Jesus encounter with a Samaritan woman. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples were, had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, and he who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Shall we pray? Our God and our Father, we are so thankful this morning. Lord, we thank you that, O oh Lord, indeed, you are here to speak to us, Christ the Anointed One. That, O oh Lord, even in the challenges and difficulties of this world, we have the deep-rooted problems. You alone, the Anointed One, the anointed one is able to deal with those issues in our lives. This morning, we come humbly that, O oh Lord, we may receive that which you have for us. The Lord, open my mouth, anoint the lips of clay. That, Lord, you may open the ears of the hearers this morning, that they may hear your word, understand, so that they may be able to do it in Jesus' name. 
Lord, we thank you this morning that allow your spirit, O oh Lord, to indwell this place so that even as we listen to your word, O oh God, we will hear your word and your word will find room even in our hearts. We are so thankful even for our spiritual parents who are not here, Lord, that let your blessings and your grace upon them allow them, O oh God, to accomplish that which they have gone for even in German. Father, we are so thankful here that, O oh Lord, your blessing rests upon us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning as uh, we start, I ask you to just hear me and uh, um, allow the Lord to hear that which he's saying even uh, this morning. Uh, so the title of this message today is, Who Can Deal With Our Deep-Rooted Problems? So, thank you, Pastor. So in the introduction, I begin to look at uh, the challenges we have in this world uh, post-pandemic COVID-19. Man has faced many challenges, and uh, those challenges uh, range from poverty, uh, because many businesses, and there's been debt in most places, and uh, there's been lucky in homes, famine, there's been debt in most places, distress, people are discontent, people are lonely because of the shutdown, people have faced a lot of anxieties, people have gone into mental problems, anxieties, and bitterness. So at personal level, the greatest need and most requested resource from people, if you, are, if you can share with me, most you receive a request for money. Why? Because money understands prosperity in money terms. Money issues come up at every level. People become suspicious when that topic is brought out. In the church, the popular and most talk, talked about subject is prosperity. You find most pulpits will actually highlight the subject of prosperity and success. Uh, now, if you look at the word prosperity from the word of God, if you mirror that scripture from 3 John 2, the Bible said, Dear friend, I pray that you may prosper in every way. The Bible talks of being prosperous in every way uh, and be in good health physically just as your spiritually. So the Bible actually brings a balance on prosperity and the subject of success. It's just, just not in the money terms, but in the total man, that a man has to be well in every way physically, spiritually, and the soul. The shalom of God is what is called uh, the prosperity of God. Prosperity in soul, body, and spirit. If you look at the country level, uh, you hear our politicians are saying, coffers are empty. We have been taught. The treasury, the national bank is barren. The country is broke. That's what we've been taught. And when you are broke, the next thing you think of is to go and borrow. And this is what we, the language we have. There is lack in the kitchen, no money. Poverty and anger in the world is a cry from everyone. We got to the issue of uh, fuel and oil. Prices have been changing every time. This is a sought-out commodity. Uh, the, the flour for the bread, which we eat in our homes for breakfast, which come from Ukraine, which is involved in the war. For cars, for lightning, we need oil and fuel. So oil as a commodity trigger price hike for everything. Commodities in our country have been increasing every month. Why? Because when we change the price of fuel every month, we expect that the businessmen also need to adjust their prices for them to remain afloat. So the economic condition in the world which we see today, even in the country at large, can also point to the spiritual condition of a nation and the world at, at large. Because we know that without oil, the, the, the economy cannot function. So it's the same thing without the spirit, the body is dead. So when we look at this, the subject of oil or anointing, that speaks of the Spirit of God. When we look at the requests for many, uh, many people, 
uh, even in the programs that we have in our country, NGOs involved in poverty reduction programs. We have seen uh, people actually borrow to finance projects to end economic project, uh, problems. Once we borrow, we say poverty will end. But what we've seen in the last few years that we went and borrowed through a euro bond, a lot of money was borrowed. The question I asked, do we end poverty? Or did we still have poverty going up? We borrowed in, in euro currency. That's why it's called euro bond. Now, that money which came, where did we take it? Did we invest in projects? The next thing I think of is actually we ate that money. And we can't see it today. Now, when we look at how we need to accelerate in this life, just like you put oil in the car, the car needs to start, the car needs to move, and the car needs to reach the end. So when we look at most of our prophets in the Word of God, for instance, look at David. David is a man that was anointed. He was anointed by Prophet Samuel for him to start his ministry. The next thing we see, he's been called into the service of the king. And when he comes to Hebron, he's being anointed again for him to progress, to accelerate. And for him to reach the finish, the elders came together with the people and anointed him king. What we see is that there is the grace to start, the grace to move, and the grace to finish. And this is what we require, that even when we start, the question is, have we started or we are stuck? The question is, are we moving? God sent us a... Uh, our, our motto we use, the people on the move, because we are moving into God's purposes. So when we see that Jesus, the anointed one, he has come in the earth and he's been anointed. And when he comes as an anointed one, born of the vision, he comes to the time of baptism, the Holy Spirit comes on him in the form of a dove. He's being anointed. And the voice comes, the son in whom I'm well uh, pleased. When he comes to the place when he has an encounter with a woman, Mary, she anoints him with oil for him to finish the plan and the purposes of God in his life. He comes to the finish. The ten virgins, five were foolish and five were wise. They carried the lamps and the oil. The five did not carry the oil. Those who did not carry the oil, they were shut out into outer darkness. So when we have a move in our lives, when we begin to move, we need to be observing that, that we require the anointing to begin, the anointing to move, and the anointing to finish. This is what Christ himself has shown us in his word. So as I begin to look at even the children of Israel, we see that there's Moses who's been anointed for them to move out of slavery into the promised land. Moses is being anointed. The spirit of God is upon him. And he require him to, for him to move into progression to the, to the place of rest. He required the anointing, and God comes upon him, even with the 70 elders, and the Spirit of God comes upon them, that they become burden bearers for them to fulfill that which God had called them. They have to go to the land which God had promised them because they have to find the place of rest. Even us, where we are today, God is calling us to a place of rest in our lives. Amen. So as I begin to show, uh, to show you a place of where God wants us to be in terms of our journey in God, we are the people on the move, as our fathers coined that motto, that we have to move in a place where we are resourced from above. And this morning, when we look at uh, the point number one that is on your bulletin, poverty amidst abundance of resources, that causes bitterness. When we look at the size of our country, Zambia, look at the size physically. The country is about 752,614 kilometers squared. If you compare that size with German, German is half that size, 357,588 kilometers squared. 
But when you look at in terms of what we have as substance, look at the population. The population of our country is 18.38 as a 2020 estimation uh, data. If you go to uh, Germany, they had about 83.24 million people in that country. The country is half our size. So meaning we still have vast land in this country. If you go to the, the economic terms measure that we use, which is a gross domestic product, that is a size of how much we owe when we work, how much we produce in the year $20. Compare that number with where we are. If you come to Singapore, the smallest country compared to us, because they got independence in 1964, Zambia got independence in 1964, so we can compare Singapore to, that, to us. The size of Singapore is 728 kilometer square. 728 kilo, kilometer square. That's about only two, maybe close to two provinces in our country. The GDP in 2020 was 340 billion US dollars. 340 billion US dollars. The population is 5.68 million compared to our, to our nation. Come down to Africa, we have Namibia. There are only 2.5 million people in Namibia. And the country is bigger than ours, 824,292 kilometers squared. 10.7 billion US dollars is what they produce. 2.5 million people produce 10.7 billion. 19, 19 million people in this country, uh, 18 million produce 19.32 billion. So we are far on what we produce. So meaning we are below par. So now, comparing that to what we need, the question is, we have a lot of resources in this country. The question is, who has that resource? So that can cause a lot of bitterness and complaints. You see people are complaining. So the question is, who can resolve our deep-rooted problems in our society? It's the same thing, picture that I take to the word of God. When we look at how we are supposed to be resourced in God, we find that actually God has made available his resource to us. If we look at the book of Joel, chapter 2, verse 28, uh, the Bible reads, It shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall, see, shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my main servant and on my maid servant. He says, both on men and women, I will pour out the spirit on them. So in the last days, and this is the time we are living in, that there's the spirit of God that God has poured out in our in our time. But the question is, are we accessing the spirit of God? Are we producing according to where we are expected to be? The book of Exodus 15:22, we read the encounter of Moses with the children of Israel. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shah, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Mara, they could not drink the water of Mara, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. And the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? Because the water itself was bitter. And saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Then he made a statute and ordinance for them, and that he tested them and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God and do what is right in his sight. Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you which have brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. Now they came to Elim, where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees, so that they camped there by the waters. They camped there by the waters. They came to the place where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. 70 palm trees, these are the men who are anointed 
He's talking about the anointing. The anointing comes from the palm oil. The well of water, that the word of God, the word and the spirit is where they camped. So where are we to camp ourselves? We are to camp ourselves to a place where there is word of God, where there is the, there is the anointing, the spirit of God. In this country, how many water bodies do we have? How many water bodies do we have? We have lakes, we have rivers, we have waterfalls. People still live in poverty. Why? Because these things are bitter. We need the tree, the tree of life to come into those so our lives can be sweet. Now, when we go to the next point, uh, point number two, craving and hanging on the past. Craving and hanging on the past. Many of the times we hang on the past and therefore we do not move in our journey. Many of the time we take detours. We look at God is directing us in the direction we go in the wrong path, the path that takes long for us to reach where we are going. Numbers 11 verse 4, now the mixed multitude were among them yielded to intense craving. So the children of Israel also wept again and said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic, but now our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. They are despising the manna, the word of God. Here he tells them they are, they are yielding to intense craving to the way they lived in the past. You can say, the way I lived before I came into the kingdom of God. You begin to look at the past. That can make you uh, hang on the past and take detours in your life that actually you, you fail to move and progress in your journey. Amen. So now he says, our whole being is dried up. There is nothing at all except this manna before our eyes. The manna that God had given them is the bread, the grace that they needed to use in their journey. Numbers 11, verse 11 to 14. So Moses said to the Lord, why have you afflicted your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight? That you have laid the burden of all these people on me. Did I conceive all these people? Did I beget them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a guardian carries a nursing child to the land which you sowed to their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give all to these people? For they weep all over me, saying, give us meat that we may eat. I am not able to bear all these people alone because the burden is too heavy for me. The man, Moses, who God had anointed to direct these people as a father, comes and says, the burden is too heavy for me. What does God do? God brings him to a place where he says, look, I'm going to look for men among you. That God is looking for men that can become burden bearers. And for them to become burden bearers, they need to be filled by the Spirit of God. And the encounter he brings in, in Numbers 11, 23, uh, illustrate that point. Uh, verse 23, the Bible says, And the Lord said to Moses, As the Lord had been shortened, now you shall see what, whether what I'm, I, was, I say will happen to you or not. So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And they, he gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tabernacle. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him and placed the same upon the 70 elders. And it happened when the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, although they never did so again. What does God do? He brings the spirit of God on the 70 men that had to become burden bearers to Moses. Here our spiritual father carries the burden of running this ministry 
God is looking for men who can stand up and become burden bearers. For them to become burden bearers, they need to be filled with the Spirit of God. They need the water, the Word of God upon them so that the burden that the spiritual father carries can be lightened. And this is what God is doing even in our time. Because in our society where we live, when you just drive out, go on the road, there are many people looking for help. There are many people with complaints. There are many people with needs. There are many people craving for things the Creator has made. They do not look at Him who has made the things. There are few who are available to save. If you ask people who has any need, you see so many harms going up because people look for uh, to receive but not to give. Yet God is planning to outpour His Spirit on all flesh so that be people become burden bearers and represent God in His plan to evangelize the whole world, to reach out to all people because he do not want any one of us to perish. He do not want any one of us to perish. First Peter 2.2, 2, the Bible says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk so that it, by it you may grow up in your salvation. That you have tasted the Lord is good. So the subject of poverty we see in the world actually can also indicate the spiritual condition of the church at large. I'm not talking about church, God center here. The church is the body of Christ. And here when you talk about poverty, is the but we in the church, we look beyond money because what we need is the anointing of God upon us. What we need is the river, the word of God in our life so that we can be equipped to reach out to the world that is in need. In the same environment where people are craving for, for things, we see that those who come from outside the nations, they come and make it in the same nation. What it is, it means those who live in that country, they have got issues of their mindset. There's a mindset problem. So there are those who are investors who come and actually carry the, the gold, the minerals, the copper, and they make it in our country. Uh, you go to our community today, there are those of our brothers, we actually commend them. They come and open shops in our communities and we call them Rwandanese shops. Uh, a few days ago, I was just talking to somebody and actually they have gone into barber shops. Their barber shops are all over the place. I go into this place, I find this person, they are talking this unknown language and I'm asking, who are these? These are Rwandanese running uh, a barber shop. And they are so, doing so good that when you go there, you want to go back again. The question is, our brothers despise such kind of work because it's a small business. But the question is, where do we start from? You start from those small, because when they start from those small barber shops, they come up with big businesses. They are the ones who are running uh, supermarkets and everywhere. So the issue is that their mindset might, might need to be, we have to shift our mindset. We have to shift our mindset. Why? Because there is something that God has given us, but we, are, we have put our eyes off that which God has given us. We are looking at that which we do not have. God has given us something in us, but that which he has given us, we look down upon. God has given us manna, like the children of Israel, except this manna that God has given us. God has given us his word. God has given us his spirit. And that is enough for us to go out there and be able to conquer the world. Many of the times we crave for who should be the greatest among us, who should be the richest, who should be the most, who is the most corrupt person in our society. And that's what we are pre preoccupied ourselves on. We forget that there's work out there for us to do so that people uh, need to be saved in the environment in which we live. Yes, those who are corrupt need to go to, the, to court. Those who commit crime need to be arrested. But I'm saying sometimes it's my thinking that there's a tendency for us to preoccupy ourselves with accusing each other 
and yet forget that there's a journey that God has given us. We need to move so that we are able to reach into the, to the place of rest. If we look at what, when Jesus comes in the book of Luke chapter 4, 23, you do not have that on the bulletin. He said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have had done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, assuredly, I said to you, no prophet is accepted in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the days of Elijah, when the heaven was shut up three years and six months, and there was a great famine throughout all the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zarephath, in the region of Sidon, to a woman who was a widow. And many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha, the prophet. None of them was cleansed except Naaman the Syrian. God is looking for those who would say, I need this anointing. I need help. I need God in my life. I'm empty. And there is a call for God to only come to those who are seeking him, that we seek God, that we seek him, that he may come and shower righteousness upon us. That is what God is doing in our lives today. So he says, only the sick need a physician. Mark 2, 17, when, we, when Jesus heard, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick, those who are sick, I do not come to call the righteous, but sinners do to repentance. Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came, but they did not overcome him, because they said they were okay, they were well, they did not need anything from, the, from him. But if you compare with the widow and Naaman, these men were desperate in need of God, and they said, we need a savior. We need the prophet who comes to us so that we can be made well. In the case of Naaman, he had to listen even to the maid. He had to listen to the maid. How many of us can listen to our servant? Because in our eyes, they look nothing. But when the anointing of God comes, God can use even a donkey to speak to us. God can use anything to bring a way to us so that he can save us even from those deep-rooted problems that we have in our society. Only those who are sick got to see a doctor. I remember in 2019, I did not feel well for a while, and uh, I needed to go and see the doctor. I go and see the doctor to know what the problem is. You have to go through all these tests. And I saw the, the test that she gave me. It was coming to almost 6,000 quarter. And, and I thought that I didn't have such money to spend for, for all the tests. So when I walked out, I, I knocked back to the door. I said, look, uh, if it was you, you were, you were asked to do this. Of all these tests, my doctor, which one do you think I should prioritize? Then doctor said, but you are asking me, I'm your doctor. Okay? I'm your doctor. So these are important. Okay, for how much do you have? I said, okay, maybe I could spend 5000 for today, not 6000 He said, okay, go for this, go for this. Then I checked on the test, and then um, she, I said, okay, did you put HIV test there? Then she laughed. She said, HIV test? She laughed and said, look, it's very few men who ask for an HIV test. Why? Because it's, it's, it's something that people don't want to ask for. So I said, look, I don't feel well, so I need anything tested in my body. I want to know what the problem is. So the issue is that for you to know what the problem is, you have to come to the doctor to check what is the problem in your body. You ha they have to prescribe the test in your body so that they know what is wrong with you. And this is what is happening. I go and have those tests. I come back. One of the doctors is saying, look, your, 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 your heart is growing, so we need to put you on a program uh, of monitoring. 
I said, for how long you need to pay so much? I said, look, I don't, I don't need a machine on my body every time. I can come back for a review. To cut the long story short, it is this. God is coming to us to a place where he wants to put us in a test, to test us, to check where are things going wrong in our lives. There is a test that's going on in our country to check where are the things going wrong in our country. While God is testing us, there's a tendency for us to prescribe what our test should be, like I did to this doctor. In fact, I remember calling Dr. Ngandu. I wanted just to ask her, we are, we are coming from the same church, so doc, a free consultant from you. There are these uh, tests that have been prescribed. Dr. Ngandu didn't pick up her phone because she was busy. Anyway, I went for that test. The point I'm asking is, look, God wants to test us. God wants to check that which is wrong in our body. God wants to check that which is wrong inside of us so that a correct prescription can be given to us so that we can get the correct medication in our lives. It's the same thing when it comes to the spiritual life that God comes to test us. Sometimes we think what we need is to have this emotional uh, massage in our lives where we sing songs, which is okay to sing a song, but there is a time where God wants his word to come in us. God wants us to take his water. God wants us to have his anointing in our lives so that he can break the, he can break the yoke that has put us in, in bondage. Psycho. He comes in point number three. If we knew the gift of God, he would fill us and break the cycle. He would fill us and break the cycle. The encounter of the Lord Jesus Christ with the Samaritan woman in the book of John 4, uh, 10, which we, I read at the beginning, uh, if you continue in verse 13, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go and call your husband and come here. Jesus now touches the problem in her life. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You have said, Well, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband. In that you spoke truly, the woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Only the anointed one could diagnose what the problem was to this woman. That she had been married five times, and the man that she was with also was not her husband. Very likely was also planning to leave. The woman changes the subject. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. Uh, only Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place where we ought to worship. Jesus said to a woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know that, we, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshippers worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Thy word is thy truth. The word and spirit is what God wants to, to bring us to a place. That the Father is seeking those who worship him in truth and in spirit. She had no revelation in her life. The lamp was dim. She did not have sight. Jesus brings sight to her so that she's able to see the deep-rooted problem in her life. She had the issue of husbands. She was married to the first one. She thought the solution was the first husband. The first husband did not bring the solution. The second one did not. The third, the fourth, and the fifth. Until Christ now comes to break the cycle. That this cycle in your life where you go round, round, 
All the time when the problem that pop-ups is the same every year in, every year out, you have the same problem. Why? Jesus comes to break that cycle in your life. It's the same thing that even Christ today is coming to break those cycles in our lives. There are cycles we have, the cycles of problems in our community, the cycle of problems in our family, the cycle of problems in our homes. Those Christ wants to come because he wants to unearth those deep-rooted problems in our family, in our, in our lives, personal lives, so that he can, he can give us freedom because that's the reason why he came. When the woman finds the Lord, she rejoices. She becomes an evangelist. What happens to the woman? When Jesus tells her, the man that you are with is not your husband, the woman then left her water pot, that's John 4, 28, went her way into the city and said to the men, said to the men, come, see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out to the city and came to him. In the meantime, his disciples urged him, saying, Rabbi, eat. Jesus is telling the disciples, do you not say, do you not say, there are still four months, and then comes the harvest? Behold, I said to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white, uh, white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life. And many of the Samaritans, in verse 9, of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. That, that place needed evangelism. And this is a woman who has been given the, uh, the springs of living water to go into the city and preach the gospel. The Spirit of God in us to go and preach. We cannot preach without the anointing, of, of the anointing that comes from above. Now what we see is that she shows her that even the one with her was not her husband. This is like, these solutions you have been looking at, they are not solutions. These are just cosmetic. It's like going to the saloon. You have to go back again tomorrow. You have to go pay back again tomorrow. When she finds the Lord, she goes rejoicing. It's the same thing even to the poverty that we have in our country. Most of the problems we have in our society are perception problems, are mindset problems. That only Christ himself can help us to come to a place where we open our eyes and begin to see even the riches that are around us, the rivers that we have, the lakes, the mines that we have, the resources, the land for agriculture. We do not look at what we do not have to go and ask in Europe. We look at what God has given us, that that becomes a solution in our country. That even today, Christ is talking to us that we have to look at that which our eyes must open so that we can see that which is uh, giving us as a gift. That if we knew the gift of God, we would have asked him to give us the spring of living water. So when Jesus comes to, to her, she does not even recognize him. Not, not even asking for the anointing that he carried because Christ is the anointed one. She begins to talk about the tribal discrimination that is deep-rooted between the Samaritan and the Jews. You are, a, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan. We do not associate do we have moments in our society where we say, this tribe and this tribe we do not associate? It is the same thing at the time of Christ. Tribalism was there. So it's not a problem of today. It's a yesterday's problem. But Christ comes to destroy that and says, he tells her, this is not what I'm dealing with because this problem is a mindset problem. The tribal discrimination, the class discrimination, the race discrimination, the gender, 
economic, education discrimination that happened in our midst. It's a mindset thing. That when the anointing of God comes upon us, the discrimination is broken. That he breaks that, uh, that discrimination. If you are anointed of God, you do not talk about tribalism. If you are anointed of God, you do not say, I am educated, you are poor. If you are anointed of God, you do not say, you are white, you are black. If you are anointed of God, you do not say, you are Chinese, I am black. You are one in Christ. You can even go and say, look, I'm marrying from another province. In fact, at the time I decided to marry, I had a discussion in my family. You are the first one to go to Northwestern province. I said, that's why I found one. That's where I found it. One. Why? Because Christ has anointed me. I'm able to see that which I need. I, God has broken this familiarity thing in my eyes to look at that which I need. When Christ comes into your life, he breaks that which discriminates you. He breaks the class, the barriers in your life that puts you in a place where you are in a cocoon. You cannot move into the next place of, uh, of your journey. Christ does that. And this is what he's even doing today. Christ is calling us to a place where his word becomes precious even in our mouth. That even uh, Psalm 119.58 says, I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. That God can be gracious to us according to your promise. Paul is praying in Philippians 3 verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attend the resurrection from the dead. Micah 3.8 but as for me, I am filled with power with the spirit of the Lord and with justice and might to declare to Jacob his transgression, to Israel his sin. That when you are filled with the spirit of God and with his might and justice, you are bold even to tell people their transgression. You are bold to tell them their sin. You do not massage their, you do not massage their lives. That where they are wrong, the Lord brings out that which is wrong in their lives. That he gives you the, the laboratory instruments to diagnose the problem that exists in, our, in their society, even in their personal lives. Today, like in the book of Micah, verse 10, chapter 3, verse 10, that hear, you, this, hear this, you leaders, verse 9 of Jacob, you rulers of Israel who despise justice and distort all that is right, who build Zion with bloodshed and Jerusalem with wickedness. Her leaders judge for a bribe, her priests teach for a price, and the prophets tell fortunes for money. Yet they look for the Lord's support and say, I am not, I is not the Lord among us. No disaster will come upon us. God is looking for men who are full of the spirit, even to be in administrative position, who is filled with the spirit of God. He's a man who can administrate over the affairs of the nation. Even to go to a place where problems of our society can only be overcome by those who are full of the anointing of the Lord. That who move with the spirit of God and the word of God in their mouth. That God himself comes to a place where even in the time of uh, the prophets, Elijah, there was a time when there was a famine in 1 Kings 17, verse 8. The Bible says, the word of the Lord came to him saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belonged to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the seed, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks, just like the Lord had told. He called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup. What does the prophet ask for? He's asking for water. What is Jesus asking for? He's asking for water. The emphasis is on the water. The emphasis is on the word of God. That this woman must give the prophet the water. He's trying to bring a sermon to this woman. And that I may drink. And as she was going in to get it, he called her and said, Okay, I've forgotten one thing. Bring me a morsel of bread. 
He said, can you bring me the bread? What does bread represent? The bread, you are the bread of life. And he's talking about the word of God is the word, is the bread. He said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread. That's what the woman says. Only hand for flour in, in bean and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a cup of six that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. That was the last. They were at the last. If you're talking of the fuel in your car, you are at E. You are at E. That is a position of many people that they do not have. They are in lack. So the prophet comes and he's telling her, look, do this which I'm going to tell you. Prepare, go and prepare for Go and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as I, I have said. Make me a small cake. She must first give a first fruit or the offering or the tithe. And bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. So the sermon had started. First of all, what you do? Go and give. Go and give first. Most of the problems we have, the things we have may not be enough because we have not obeyed the word of the Lord uh, to God, the, 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 the offering and the tithe and the first fruit offering. And the Bible says, 14, for thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day of the Lord uh, send rain on the earth. The jar of oil that talks of the anointing. So she went and did according to the word of Elijah. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and he and her household ate for many days. The bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which is spoke by Elijah. So this is what God is giving us. He says when he gives us that which he gives us will never run dry. That every day we'll have enough for the day that is coming. He's looking for empty vessel to fill. Those vessels that are empty, they will come to say, Lord, fill me. Lord, I'm empty. Lord, I'm thirsty. I am poor. I need, I need your intervention in my life. The disciples at the time when Jesus had just, uh, was, had just risen and there's uh, news about him rising and they had not had uh, that final encounter, in John chapter 21 verse 3, Simon Peter said to his friend, I'm going fishing because it looks like they were discontent, they were in distress. To say, what else do we have because the master is gone? She, he says to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. It looks like all of them were in the same problem. We are going back to fishing. They went out and immediately got into the boat and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciple did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you find some. For they cast, now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of the fish. When the tree comes, when the tree of life comes into our boat, he brings even that which we need to us, that our lives can be filled, that our lives which was empty now is filled. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard this, it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment. It looked like he had even removed his, uh, his garment. Uh, it's like throwing in a towel, right? There comes a time when our lives reaches a point where we need to throw in a towel. 
It's a time when we need to begin to seek him so that he can come into our boat. Simon Peter, in verse 11, went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish. No, 153, and though there were so many fish, there were 153, and so there were so many fish, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus comes to fill the, 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 the empty vessel, the emptiness in the life of disciples to illustrate to them that only the anointed one who comes into our lives can bring our life to the fullness, can fill the empty places in our lives where we are empty, where we are in need, where we are in debt, where we are thirsty, only him can fill us. Point number four, deep-rooted problems cause stagnation and debt. Those problems that we have make us to get stuck in one place. We get stuck in one place, we are not moving. Why? Because there are these deep-rooted issues in our lives that Christ needs to deal with so that we can be able to move and not be in one place. These same problems that actually cause us to even think of going to go and borrow for us to be financed. In the book of Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 8, we see Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. A man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple, get caught beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When Peter, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked for money. He asked for money. These men were full of the spirit of God. This man's solution thought was money. He even forgot that he was lame, he needed to be healed. There comes a time in our lives that even our dis that we, we, we think are problems. We ignore the deep-rooted problems in our lives. He comes to a place where he comes to the temple, he does not enter. He's always being put at the entrance. The Bible continues to say, Peter looked at him straight and said to him, so did John. Look at us. So the, the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. He was expecting money from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Walking and jumping and praising God. Walking and jumping and praising God. He's a man that had actually never entered the temple courts. This is the first time. He has never been in a place where doctrine is being preached. He has never been in fellowship. He has never been breaking of bread. He has never been in prayer. This is the first time in his life. He goes to the temple not to receive grace or expect healing, but he goes to the temple to beg for money, to beg for money. And this is the most problem that we find in our society today. Many come to church and even remain in the car park. They got used to their issues and they feel the solution in their lives is only in material terms. This is a world measurement of what prosperity is. But when we come to the things of God, spiritual things are spiritually designed. We have to come to a place where Christ himself feels himself in us so that we can go out there and confront challenges of our society today. If I can just ask for once more, this would be one of the, this would be one of the meditation of this man. If I can just go today and go to that church and ask for one more, I'll be okay. 
If I can just go and get a loan, I'll be okay. Somebody told me one time, I just need to get a loan. I think I'll be okay. Have you heard of uh, teachers in this country who borrowed money? Have you heard of a debt swap? They failed to pay. They became slaves. So the solution of borrowing, the, the, the solution as borrowing does not resolve the deep-rooted problems. That can never help fight poverty because the mentality of people need to change before that money which is borrowed even comes. Because that which they have, they have never managed. Now what will be the difference even when that which we borrow comes? We have borrowed a euro bond, what happened? So government must come and help to, get, to do a debt swap so that they begin to cut from our pension for the future. So meaning we have eaten the future yesterday. What will our children eat tomorrow? When we borrow, we're eating our future. We are putting our children to become slaves. A man who was begging is now strong, praising and leaping. He was stuck, now he has received the gift of God from the vessels that was filled with the Holy Spirit and his word. He stood and walked, entered the temple. He had never entered the temple. He only came for begging. There's a rattling sound in his bone. His structure in his body is being recreated by the power of God. This man was able to stand. He was given total freedom to go and fend for himself. Because a man who walks can go to the farm and tend and keep the garden. The man who does not walk can never do that. So when we come, we come to God expecting to intervene in situations in our lives that cannot be resolved by money. There are things that money can do, but there are things which money cannot do. Ask the man on the hospital bed. He will tell you that money has failed me because could not resolve the problems in my, in my living. Man has this affinity for cosmetic application. We have problems. One time I had issues in my body and therefore I needed to go for physiotherapy. Somebody said, no, physiotherapy, you know, you need to go even for, to have your, your leg and your back to, 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 to go and attend physiotherapy. I remember that I paid a lot of money and it never worked. I paid more, it never worked. Then I was told, no, there's something you need to do. There's something you need to do. The cosmetic application will not help you. You go back and pay more money. It's the same thing, uh, the saloon, uh, not I'm taking on the sisters, the saloon. You go to the saloon, it's a cosmetic application. The saloon will help you to hide your pimple and your blemish on your skin. But afterwards, you need to go back and have it done again, right? So that you, you pay more money. Of course, we need to look beautiful, we need to look good. But I'm saying, the, the real thing is that this is a cosmetic application. It is just for temporal. You have to go back and pay more money. I pick that one, that even in the spiritual things, we have this cosmetic application upon our lives where we feel good for a few minutes, but the main problem still remains in our lives, that we need to go back and pay more. But Christ himself comes. He does not use a cosmetic application on the woman at a well. He gives her the main solution to her life. Peter and John comes to this man, rise and walk, because they were filled with his word and his spirit, and this man was restored. This is what God is looking for even in our time. There is another encounter. We have Elisha, who is a spiritual son to Elijah, because at the time when Elisha was going, Elijah is the one who got the mantle. Uh, the prophets who were around said, look, the spirit of Elijah 
rest on Elisha. What does the Elisha encounter? He counts the woman as well. In 2 Kings 4 verse 1, a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophet cried out to Elisha saying, your servant, my husband is dead. Talking about husbands in this uh, message. Saying, my husband is dead and you know that your servant feared the Lord and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to become his slaves. In that time, if you failed to pay debt, they came for your sons. They came for your sons to become slaves until they worked and they paid for the debt. Isn't what we are doing today when we borrow even for our country, Zambia, not attacking the government in power today because we have borrowed many times. Each government that came borrowed, right? Each government that came borrowed. Now, when we borrow, actually, it's our sons tomorrow who are going to bore that burden. They're going to bear that burden of paying back. So what happens? Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? She said, the maidservant does nothing in the house but a jar of oil, the jar of oil. Then he said, come borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. It's like just a few. Go and get as many vessels as you, as you can ask for. It's like the spiritual father is here and is praying. How many people want to receive the anointing of the Lord this morning? And then he asks for people. He's saying, I'm looking for empty vessels. Can they all come so that they come in front? So that they can receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So that they can be full to help them even break the bondage and the yokes that are upon their lives. Only what you see, do not only gather the few. Gather as many as you can gather. So we come in front there, only few come. Then the question is, those who remain in the pew, are they filled with the Spirit of God? Or are they full or they think they don't need this Spirit we are talking about? They don't need this anointing. So he comes and says, look, and when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and pour into all your vessels and set aside the full ones. They needed to be filled full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessel to her. And when she poured it out, now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her sons, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. So the oil ceases only when all the vessels are filled. When there is a move of God in a place, the move of God requires empty vessels. I, I ask you next time there is a call that God is genuinely asking you to come to a place where you need to be filled, I want you to be the first one to rise and come in front. That you want to be filled because you require that anointing in your life. Because the anointing breaks the yoke. He says in the last days, when the Lord Jesus Christ himself pours out his spirit on all flesh, he says, wait upon the spirit of God, he comes upon you, so that you can be my witnesses. So the question is, if we are not witnessing, then there is a problem. We are not filled with the, the resource that we need for us to go and do those ministry work that God the oil and so the, the prophet tell go and sell the oil and pay your debt you and your sons live on the rest you and your son live on the rest the book of Proverbs 22 7 says the rich rules over the poor and the borrower is a servant to the lender so the rich will always rule over the poor but if you become a borrower you become a servant to the one who lends you and this is a picture we see in the world that when we borrow, those who lend to us become our masters. They will begin to dictate that which we need to do. They will need to dictate the terms. So if you are going to borrow, you need to humble yourself. Because they will tell you, you need to pay in two years. You need to pay in 10 years, in 20 years. So this is a picture that we have 
even in our time today. The book of 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. This is what God is looking for us even in our lives, that we need to prosper in every area of our lives. Joel 2, 18, 19 says, Then the Lord will be zealous for his land, a pity, and pity his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, Behold, I will send you grain and new wine and oil, and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach amongst the nation. God doesn't want us to become a reproach amongst the nation. The last point, which is number five, their anointing breaks the yoke and releases abundance and acceleration. In the book of Isaiah 10.27, we read, It shall come to pass in that day that his burden will be taken away from you, that this burden will be taken away from your shoulder, and his yoke from your neck, and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing oil. What breaks the yoke is the anointing in our lives. The anointing in our lives breaks the yoke. The yoke that has put us in bondage. The yoke of debt. The yoke of stagnation. The yoke of going round, round. The, the yoke of detours in our lives. The yoke of bitterness in our lives. The yoke of all complaints, all manner of complaints we have in our lives is only the anointing that comes to break. In the book of Luke, chapter 4, 18 to 19, in the book of uh, Luke, this, Jesus is saying, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. To proclaim the year of Jubilee, this is the year of freedom, that people may be set free even from date. What we read there in the book of Joel 2.23 it says, be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you. The former rain and the latter rain in the first month. The threshing floor shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with new wine and oil. I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, the crown locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. My great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God and there is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. My people shall never be put to shame. It's a shame not to have the resources when there are abundance of resources around us. It's a shame. Here is a wedding. Jesus is at a wedding in Cana in the book of Luke chapter 2. And uh, the wine has run out. It becomes an embarrassment at a wedding when drinks, people cannot go around and drink because it's not enough. And this was an embarrassment that was going to come. And uh, verse 5 of chapter 2, John, his mother said to him, whatever I said to you, do it. So there were those six water pots of stone according to the purification of the Jews, containing 20, 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, fill the water pools with water. Fill the water pools with water. We need to fill the water pools with water, and water represents the word of God. And they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some, of, some now, out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water and was made, was made wine and did not know where it came from, 
But the servant who had drawn the water knew what the master, the master of feed called the bridegroom and said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then uh, shame that was going to come upon this uh, wedding that is looking for those empty vessels that should be filled to the full and be filled with the new wine. Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. That we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That should be our greatest desire, that we need to be filled with his word and his spirit so that we can go out there and be able to rejoice in our lives. For the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. He came so that we may have life and have it more abundantly. Christ came with that, uh, with that uh, manifesto that I'm going to fill you with the abundance of your life if only you can say, I need you. He only wants some, one thing from you, to say, Lord, I am thirsty. Lord, I am done. Lord, I've reached the E. I'm empty. We need to come to a place where we own up. Most of the time, we want to be in charge of our lives. We want to try everything else. Even getting married to five men like this woman did, she never found a solution. But the solution was only in our having an encounter with the anointed, Christ himself, the anointed. Here we find in the last scripture that in the book of Ezekiel 47, verse 9 to 12, the Bible says, Swarms of living creatures will live wherever the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt, the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, everything will live. Fishermen will stand along the shore from Enkendi to Englem. There there will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be for many kinds, like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. But the swamps and marshes will not become fish fresh. They will be left for salt. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for the healing of the nation. What we have seen is that there has been men that God had sent to people in his word. In the time of the Samaritan woman, Jesus was sent to this Samaritan woman to be filled with the springs of living water. In the time of the, uh, the Israelites, Moses was there. The spirit that was upon him was put upon the elders for them to become burden bearers. When Elisha had an encounter with a woman who was in debt, he had to bring the anointing oil. He had to bring, fill the empty vessel for her to go and sell the oil, for her to, to have that debt broken. You have the woman who was only living on one last meal. The prophet Elijah came. We have Joseph in the time when there was a famine. He was filled with the spirit of God. He's the one that brought solution to the society of his time. Today, God is looking for a man who's filled with the spirit of God and his word. And he's looking for you and me to become the ambassadors and the vessel that God himself fills so that we can go and become burden bearers. So this morning, God is calling all of us to come to a place where we own up and ask the Lord to fill us to come to a place where we should be able to say, Lord, I need you. Lord, I need that water so that I don't have to come every day and drink this water. I want that water to fill me. So this morning, as we come to the end, I ask that we stand and pray, even as the Lord has been speaking to us this morning about who can resolve the deep-rooted problems that we have in our society today. All we thank you this morning. Lord, we honor you. We magnify your name, Lord. 
Lord, we use faith, Lord, you have never failed. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. That even in our time, Lord, you are pulling out your spirit on all flesh. That every one of us, men and women, will be filled with your spirit. And Lord, they will come to a place of abundance. That they will never live life of shame. They will never be put to shame, Lord. We thank you this morning because of your blessing of your word. That Lord, you want us to be filled with your word and the spirit. So that we can go out there and begin to become burden bearers. We can go to one who is lame and say, rise up and walk. Silver and gold I do not have. That which I have in me, rise up and walk. Lord, we thank you this morning. We bless your name. Lord.